Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapters 8 through 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Notice God says, God hardened Pharaoh's heart here in verse 12, and that literally means to make firm. It means to make stiff. It means that God established and confirmed Pharaoh in the position of his choice. God continued to give Pharaoh grace and mercy. You know God could have wiped out Egypt with just a word. Why are we going through all this? God could have just said, look, it's overdone. I don't need to do, I don't need plagues. Look, if he's a God that can say light be and light was, certainly he can say Egypt not be. And Egypt not be. He could. He didn't. Why? Because of grace. Because of mercy. God's given him an opportunity. Pharaoh, let my people go. No, I won't. Well, after several times of that, God says, okay, Pharaoh, you want to harden your heart? Then God is going to make stiff or, or firm the decision that you've already made. That's why the Bible says when you hear the gospel that you ought to respond to it the day that you hear it. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you hear my voice, don't harden your hearts as in the days of Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh hardened his heart, and after Pharaoh continued to harden his heart, then God said, okay, Pharaoh, if that's your position, then take your position. And God firms him up in the decision of his choice. God is not in heaven going, Pharaoh, I want you to harden your heart against me. God's not asking him to repent and then turn around and make his heart hard so he can't repent. That's not God. If y'all awake, say amen. Amen. That's not God. That's not God. God's given him an opportunity to repent. He refuses to, and therefore, God now hardens the heart of Pharaoh. Plague number seven, hail. Verses 13, we'll read it through. Ah, We'll stop at 27. Look at verse 13. Saints, you're there. Say amen. amen. And the Lord said to Pharaoh, or said to Moses, rise up early in the morning. Stand before the Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For at this time, I will send all my plagues to your very heart and on your servants and on your people that they may know. Here it is, saints. Here's why that they, you know what? Read it with me. That you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. That's why. The plagues have come to Egypt. Notice in verse 15. Now, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. 
But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. As yet you exalt yourself against my people in that you will not let them go, Pharaoh. Behold, tomorrow about this time, I will cause very heavy hail to rain down such as has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Therefore, send now and gather your livestock and all that you have in the field. I love verse 19. Send all, send now and gather all your livestock, your livestock, and all that you have in the field. For the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and is not brought home and they shall die. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock to flee into the houses. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt on man, on beast, on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his rod just like God told him toward the heaven. And the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire darted, that's lightning, to the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. And so there was hail and fire mingled with hail. So very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt. All that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only where God's people were, in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. Stop right there. Give me your attention. This seventh plague, God was judging the God, Nut. That's his name. Nut, N-U-T. Who was considered the sky God? Now, God is letting Pharaoh know who's in control. You want to notice in verse 19, again, I told you I love that verse. I think it's very interesting because God is showing Pharaoh grace and mercy. Did you notice in verse 19, God told Moses to tell Pharaoh to tell his people to gather the animals that are still alive from the last plague and bring them in the house because this hail plague is going to be a biggie. And some folks gathered their livestock in homes, and some didn't. Now, again, if you fast forward to Revelation chapter 8, during the tribulation, don't you know, there's going to be hail and fire that's going to come down. And as a result, in the end times, during the tribulation, a third of the trees are burned up, and all of the green grass is burned up as well. Now, if you listen, stay close. If you burn all of the grass and all of the trees, what does that affect in the atmosphere? The oxygen. And if the oxygen is affected, then what would that do to you? Cause you to suffocate. So during the tribulation, people are going to be dying if from nothing else, suffocation. Hail coming down. Genesis chapter 19, verse 24, then the Lord rained hail, brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. 
So God was bringing the plague on Egypt. He brought hail and fire upon the Egyptians. Now, listen at this. In Egypt, 365 days a year, there was good weather. 360, all year, all day, every day in Egypt, there was good weather. They had no need for a weatherman because there was good weather all the time. Cairo had only two inches of rainfall per year. So parts of the southern Egypt didn't get rain. It never, ever hails in Egypt. Notice verse 18 in your Bibles tells us just that. God is going to cause a hail in Egypt such has not been since the country was founded. It never hailed in Egypt. This was a miracle. And so Moses stretched forth his hand to heaven and thunder, hail, and fire darted. That would be, as I said, lightning. The darting fire is running probably along the ground and destroying anything that is left. And I'm wondering if, because remember, all this was happening in Egypt, in the southern part of Egypt. And in Goshen, where the children of Israel were, they could probably look right across the way and see all this happening. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to, it used to rain on, I think it did it here a few times, it rained on one side of the street. I'm looking, how come it always rains on my side of the street? How come it don't rain on their side of the street? It's raining on one side of the street. Well, here it's raining hail in one part of the country. And in Goshen, they could see, I'm sure maybe the children of Israel, they, they're probably out with picnic baskets. I mean, they're throwing the ball to the boy and the sun's out and it's a beautiful day. And they probably look over and say, man, look at that. They hear the thunder, they hear the lightning, they see the hail coming down. And I got to wonder, because remember now, Moses and Aaron are in the midst of what's going on in Egypt and the plagues that is happening. And somehow, we don't hear very much about this, but somehow God protects them as they are, these judgments are coming down. I, I got to wonder, this is reading the white space, okay, work with me, but I got to wonder if when the hail's coming down and the judgments are coming down, Moses and Aaron are just kind of walking right on through it like they got like this little bubble around them or something. Like this little shield of protection by the Lord. It doesn't say that the judgments came and Moses and Aaron were able to run for cover. It doesn't say that. So somehow God protected even them in the midst of it. Very, very interesting. So now look at verse 27. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. You think the Lord is righteous? That's religious talk. Oh, the Lord is righteous and my people and I are wicked. Entreat the Lord, Moses, that there may be no more mighty thundering and hail, for it is enough. I will let you go and you shall stay no longer. And so Moses said in verse 29 to him, as soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. Amen, saints. But as for you and your servants, I know that you will not yet fear the Lord God. 
Now the flax and the barley were struck, for the barley was in the head and the flax was in the bud, but the wheat and the spelt were not struck, for they are late crops. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread out his hands toward the Lord, and then the thunder and the hail and the rain was not poured on the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, notice this, saints, he sinned no more, yet more. And he hardened his heart, he and his servant. And so the heart of Pharaoh was hard. Neither would he let the children of Israel go, as the Lord has spoken by Moses. Notice this here. Pharaoh said, give me your attention. Pharaoh said, I have sinned interesting this time. <laughs> what? Are we reading the same Bible? <laughs> this time? And notice here, he asked Moses to ask the Lord to make it stop. And you want to notice, look at verse 28. You looking at it? Say, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. No, look, 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 look. Entreat the Lord that there may be no more mighty thunderings. Isn't that interesting? The thing that Pharaoh, we learn, the thing that Pharaoh feared most was the thunder. It reminds me of my German shepherd. His name was Zito von Bierstadterhof. His name means, in German, Zito from the city of beer. Now, I wasn't drinking at the time that I gave him that name. It's a long story of which I will not tell you about now. But the interesting thing about Zito, he was a beautiful, beautiful dog. He was a beautiful, big, beautiful German shepherd. And, 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 and he was a wonderful dog. Actually, we had to uh, leave him with his mom and dad in California when we came here because we didn't know where the Lord was going to lead us, what the Lord was going to do with us. And certainly we don't need a 95-pound German shepherd trying to fill out an apartment complex application to find a place to live. So we left him out in California with his mom and his dad. We got him from a breeder, loved Zito. He's a funny dog. And uh, the interesting thing, I remember, I remember this about Zito. When the weather was bad and he would hear the thunder, he would run and get in the bathtub. <laughs> this dog, do you remember that? He would get in the bathtub and I'd go find him. You remember that, honey? He would just, he just didn't, it could rain, hail, I mean, it could be an earthquake. This guy, and out in California, that wasn't a very uncommon thing. An earthquake, no problem. He had no problem. But thunder, that dog was afraid of thunder. He got this 95-pound German shepherd, and he's afraid of something. You know what I mean? And, and, and he, would, he would go get in the tub, and I'd go fight him, and he's in the tub and, and, and climbing in the tub. He's afraid of thunder. And I'm reading this story, and I'm thinking, you know, Pharaoh's afraid of thunder. He hears the thunder, maybe he goes get in a bathtub. I don't know. Very interesting. And so he asked Moses to ask the Lord to make it stop, and he says, I have sinned. Notice in verse 30 through 35, God uses Moses to stop the hail and the rain. When Pharaoh saw that everything was back to normal, he continued to sin and hardened his heart. Did you see that? Now listen, before you point your finger and say, I'd never do that, people do that today. People do that today. How many times have you been in a tight spot and you say, oh God, if you just get me out of this one this time, I tell you, God, I will love you, I'll serve you. You know I will be your man. 
And God's like, yeah, good. And Because God is gracious. God is merciful. He always gets you out of your tight spot. And as soon as you're out of your tight spot, you're right back to the stuff you were doing before your tight spot. Isn't it true? People do that today. People hear the word of the Lord. They hear the prophecy about the end times, and they act in preparation, but watch this, not in repentance. They act in preparation, but not in repentance. It makes me think of Y2K. Don't you remember? That wasn't in such distant past, and people were freaking out. People were thinking it was the end times, and they were acting in preparation, They were buying guns, beans, generators. You remember that? I ain't buy a generator. I thought, hey, if something happened, one of y'all get a generator, I'll come over your house. That was my thought. I mean, because the generators, they went from like $500 to $15,000. I mean, it was nuts what was going on. And people were acting in preparation. But did you notice this? Or perhaps you didn't. Nobody was repenting. Nobody was repenting. I would even go as far as to say people were coming to church. Churches were full around that time. With the terrorist attack, people, the churches were full. This, I don't think this church has ever been, well, maybe a couple times, but it was full. The Sunday after the Tuesday of the terrorist attacks, people often Act in preparation, but not in repentance. And that's exactly what Pharaoh did. He becomes a picture of many, many people acting in preparation, not in repentance. Well, take a couple minutes here. Look at chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 1. You there? Say amen. amen. Now the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I might show these signs of mine before him. And that you may tell in the hearing, notice verse 2, of your sons and your sons' sons, the mighty things that I have done in Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. And so Moses and Aaron, they came in to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me, Pharaoh? Let my people go that they may serve me, or else. I like that. If you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory and they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth and they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains to you from the hail. And they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field and they shall fill your houses the houses of all your servants, the houses of the Egyptians, with neither, which neither your fathers nor your fathers' fathers have seen since the day that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and he went out from Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh's servants said to him, Pharaoh, how long shall this man be a snare to us? Let those folks go. Then this is about the wisest thing they said in the whole book. Let them people out of here. They're causing us problems that they may serve the Lord their God. Be done with this. Don't you know that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones that are going, he asked. 
And Moses said, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters. We're taking everybody. With our flocks and our herds, we will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. And then he said to them, the Lord better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord, he said, for that is what you desired. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Chapter 10 brings us to plague number eight, locusts. Now, God is judging the grain god, Nepper, N-E-P-P-E-R, Nepper, who was supposed to preserve and protect the field. And this judgment destroyed most of their crop. You want to notice that the first seven plagues, Pharaoh hardened his heart. The eighth plague, God established Pharaoh in his position that he has taken, as I said. Notice Pharaoh's servant says, listen, Pharaoh, how long are we going to keep up with this charade? Don't you realize that Egypt is being destroyed? And it was. The fishing industry had died. Men are covered with sores and insects. The majority of the cattle have died in Egypt. The fields have been destroyed. There's nothing to eat. They can't eat the cows because there hasn't been enough grain to feed the cows. And so the counselors say, look, let them go. They've become a snare. And Pharaoh said, go serve the Lord. And then notice, he asked, who's going with you? Pharaoh said in verse 11, take the men. But he says, leave the women and the kids. Remember, listen, last time I told you that there were four areas of compromise that the enemy seeks to hit us with compromise. Number one, we talked about two of them, two of the four last week. Number one, the first area of compromise by Pharaoh is actually in chapter 8, verse 25. And Pharaoh says, go sacrifice, but why don't you stay in the land of Egypt? Remember, I told you that Egypt is the type of the world. So Moses, pardon me, Pharaoh says, you can go and serve, you can go and sacrifice, but why don't you do it in the world? Why don't you do it in Egypt? In other words, worship the Lord, but stay in Egypt. In other words, you can be a Christian, but don't leave the world. Go to church, get baptized, buy a Bible, say you're a Christian. Hey, even throw around a few Christianese. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is good. Good. God is good all the time. And what, saints? All the time. God is good. It's all good. Throw around a little Christian ease, but listen, don't get too fanatical. Don't get too radical. That's why my girl, Mandiza, was voted off American Idol. I told y'all a fan. I'm a fan. I tell you, I watch America. If I can get it, I can get it. And I voted my girl off, Mendeza. She's all right. She can sing anyway. And they vote her off. I believe they vote her off. You know why? Because she's a Christian. And boy, was I blessed, 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 blessed. When they voted her off, she looked at the camera, and she said thanks to all my fans. And she said, 
and, and I want to thank you for your prayers. And she said, I bless you all in the name of Jesus. Boy, I about jumped out of my skin. I was like, you go, girl. You go, girl. That's what I'm talking about. Why? Because, look, first of all, you have several million people watching. She didn't say, oh, I bless all y'all. Folks, she said, I bless you in the name of Jesus. That's important. That's important. No, we cannot worship in the world. No, we have to go worship God, and we always have to be a witness and a testimony. And don't ever be afraid of the name of Jesus. Don't ever. She'd have been fine, and everybody would have been happy with her. She said, well, you know, bless all of you in the name of your little gods. <laughs> Whatever your little God is, bless y'all all. She had said that, everybody would have been happy with her. They might have voted her back on, who knows. You know, the world can change the rules now. You know what I mean? They change the rules when it's something for them. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.